0: up don't get all tied up hoping you rise up the multiple lies of the multi-faceted multi-complex system of living that people are living stuck in inertia that's a diversion government worship instead we are searching ancient mysteries ancient history sacred energy and how to discern it. human autonomy truth the philosophy you of human psychopathy super anomalies human ecology you got lobotomies up in your consciousness all the thoughts that we've been dancing around the system once to you blow your candle out but we won't let it we reject it with our pathetic lies so we chant it down. Chant it down
1: unraveling of a complex system that is grappable with the lives of you and everyone you know come on, hang from this woven web to understand this crazy world it down.
0: This is episode 229. This is it Down Podcast. ChannetDownRadio.com is the website. Check it out for all kinds of things that I've done in the past. Check out the archives. Welcome. Today's episode is a little different than most that I do. This is not a normal listen-through episode. You, it's It's not going to be... It's more like a reference book, and it surprised me. I didn't know this guest, so the show went on very differently than I expected. In a good way, but treat this show like a reference book. Uh, Stop it when you need to, research, then go back to it. See, I was a student the whole way, listening to Brandon Williams, who is an expert at legalese and understanding the definitions of how we are as Americans in the United States uh, in the system and how it views us in a totally different light than any other show that i've covered um international listeners may not benefit so well here because it's um using american legal documents but i encourage anyone to investigate their own country legalese to understand your position under your government to see where you can um slip out of the nuts that you're in possibly I don't know how much this stuff works. I haven't myself tried it, but it's worth knowing all this information. It's cutting edge in a way that I would never have focused on if I had not had Brandon Williams on. So check it out. You know, tell me what you think. Um, it's going to be a stop and go kind of thing because this is not me as a normal host. I'm a student listening and going and to different uh, documents and we're reading them and trying to find the fine print in order to understand the position. But I think it can only help you to be out of the ignorance of knowing who you are, especially if you're in America. But yes, anyway, if you love the show, please help support the show. Uh, Subscribe to Afterthoughts if you can. If not, you know, just spread the word, leave five-star reviews, uh, buy an album, buy a t-shirt, it all helps out. This show, much love. Welcome back to Chin It Down. I'm your host, Loomis. ChanItDownRadio.com is the website, and this is episode 229. As many of my longtime listeners know, I've spent most of my life distrusting and hating government. I don't believe in government but for many it's been the last three years that it took to see this and understand this so here we are now in a time when the overreach is constantly in our face we need to understand how to unplug from the contracts the laws mandates and bureaucratic anal ten- tentacles that want to grab us uh in at every step we go and the question is Can we really get away with being free from it all? Does it stand up in court? And can we untwist from the jujitsu-like holds that these controllers have us in? uh associates of Brandon Williams an author and activist asked me if I would be interested in having him on i said it looks like a conversation worth having we need to do our part in getting ourselves as free as we can but still understand natural law and be our own sovereign beings so welcome to the show Brandon
1: thank you very much hello hello who was it that uh, that that said i should be on the show
0: uh rebecca somebody i forgot oh, sorry oh yeah, the last okay, okay. name
1: yeah. I wasn't sure if you were referred by somebody else or or.
0: or. Uh, no, no, I I um, I didn't know her, but she contacted me. So yeah, Rebecca. Perfect, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, welcome to the show. Uh, Thank we, you. We've been bound by laws written in legalese that most of us have no knowledge of, understanding. They don't teach us in school, yet we're supposed to know. And they do this on purpose. Uh, they act like we know. And many of us don't have clue a clue what rights we have. So l- let's start with um, how we can unravel from their mess of language. I, I don't usually want anything to do with, you know, because I can't understand it. But it-, it seems like to me, it's all about your consent. And many of us don't know what we are consenting to.
1: That's exactly right. Yeah. So, so I'll just start from the top. I don't know what of, of the, all of this that you're familiar with. Are you familiar with any of this stuff or not so much?
0: I, I, I think you are kind of referring to free man kind of on the land sort of
1: things, or uh, are you, or no, just, just, just the basic stuff. Just basic, basic yep. stuff. United States Code, Code of Federal Regulations, Uniform Commercial Code, basic, basic contract law definitions of words. Any of that? Are you familiar with any of that at all? No,
0: not really. Yeah. So inform okay. us. It's it'd be great to hear.
1: Okay. Uh, you know, typically we get called all sorts of different things. I don't really go by any of those. I just read the codes and clean up the definitions, and sure. that's literally all I do. I don't necessarily label it too much. Um, you'll see in the codes, we're going to go into some words and some definitions. I just kind of run off what they tell me I am to some degree. Um, Cause I'm not really very combative about all this. I don't really care because once you really learn all this stuff is really not anything to be too upset about because it gets to a certain point where not only are they not able to touch you or do anything with you at all, but they also want to pay all your bills and they also want to protect you internationally. So, uh, It gets up to a pretty insane level at the higher levels uh but at the lower levels there's a lot to have and gain very very rapidly uh in this show i'll go over with all of your audience how they can legally stop paying all their taxes uh and when i say all the taxes i mean federal income tax city tax sales tax state tax and pretty much any other tax you can think of including when you sell a piece of property uh including inheritance tax including I mean, pretty much everything you can think of, the only taxes that uh, I don't pay or that I do pay because I don't have a choice and because I have to is things like gasoline tax, cigarette tax, liquor tax, stuff like that. Things that are attached sure. to yeah. specific items that would just be too much of a pain in the ass to try to get around. And um, we'll start at the ground floor. So so the ground floor is uh, the definition of the term United States, which everybody thinks they know and not a soul does actually know the definition so the definition comes from uh if you go to the uh i can do a screen share what percentage of your your peeps are uh, audio versus video
0: uh i'm pretty much mostly audio i gotta okay if i showed you how many videos i have to upload it'd be crazy eventually it will be a video though so so we can do that too so
1: um i need to unable share for you right is that right? Yes. Sometimes my sharing freaks out a little bit. Let's see what happens. Uh, I'm going to try to share the screen. It says disabled. All right. There we go. There we go. So go ahead and go to 20. Uh, go ahead and go to Google. OK. It's actually even better to do it. have you do it. This is actually even better than me doing it.
0: Oh, all right. Um,
1: I enjoy it more, anyways. Uh, 28. OK. Space USC. Space three zero zero two. It looks like you already had it typed in there three zero zero two. Go ahead and push enter after you type that. Okay, there it is. And then you're gonna go to the first link there, uh, Cornell .cornell law.cornell.edu. It's got the little red symbol there. Yep, that one there. Yep, okay. USC stands for United States code, by the way, you're going to scroll down to subsection 15. And then you're going to read, you're going to read subsection 15 and then subsection 15 a don't read the rest. It's gets, it gets too much. It's too much. Just just, just the first part. And then a
0: United States means a, a federal corporation and b.
1: And no, no is, don't read BNC BNC is. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. It's all not right, ground no. floor. It's like, like a lot of okay. additional stuff. Just a is really all we need to focus on right now. Okay. Yep. And then notice, uh, which word in section a is capitalized federal. Exactly. Which actually has a special definition. It's, uh, actually capitalized for a reason, which is a little bit more advanced. Uh, we're not, I'm not, probably not gonna get into that too with you right away, but here we go. United States means a federal corporation and federal is capitalized, meaning it has a special definition. Okay. So keep that in mind. Now we're going to open up another tab. And then in this tab, you're going to type in UCC space nine dash or hyphen three zero seven. 9-307. Yeah. And uh, um, UCC stands for Uniform Commercial Code, by the way. Go ahead and hit enter. Uh, You're going to click on that top one again, Cornell University, location of debtor. There you go. You're going to scroll down to subsection H, and then you're going to read that
0: out loud. Location of United States. The United States is located in the District of Columbia.
1: So so there you go. Now we know, we know three things so far. The first thing we know is that United States is a federal corporation. The second thing that we know, even guys that are teaching this don't teach the second point. The word federal is capitalized, which means something special, which we'll probably go over later in the podcast. Sure. And the third thing that we know is that the location of this corporation is inside the District of Columbia. We don't know where, but it's somewhere inside the District of Columbia. It could be on the west side. It could be on the east side. It could be uh, one mile in circumference or diameter. We have absolutely no idea where or how large it is, but we do know that it's located in the District of Columbia. Okay? Okay. Now, the next thing we have to clean up, which I'm not going to probably show you here, show and tell, it's going to be a little bit difficult for me to do it, Uh, is going to be the definition of the term citizen. The legal definition of the term citizen is someone who gives dominion over their own life and existence and property to another entity in exchange for protections of their privileges and their rights. All right. So now that we have a definition of United States, and now that we have a definition of the word citizen... Now we're going to take the term U.S. citizen, and we're going to give you a definition of the term U.S. citizen. Definition of the term U.S. citizen is someone who who basically uh, gives up dominion over their life and says that they live in the District of Columbia to a private federal corporation called District called United States, which is physically located in the District of Columbia. In exchange for protections of their privileges and their rights. Mm-hmm. So that's what a US citizen is. Okay. Now, the way the government views it is that you told them you were a US citizen in all these forms, uh, and they did not force your hand by any means whatsoever. You put, when you go to the DMV and you get your driver's license, it asks you, Are you a US citizen? You literally just click yes or no without any force without any power from their hand you clicked yes on your passport uh you said yes u.s citizen you said yes to both of your parents being u.s citizens uh you're filing w9 tax forms which you actually sign under penalty of perjury go ahead and uh, pull up another tab and type in w9 form w9 space form okay All right. Click that PDF up top, IRS PDF. Okay. Scroll down to section two and go ahead and read uh, section two, uh, uh, part two. Read the first part and then number three out loud. Okay.
0: Under penalties of perjury, I certify that number three, I am a U.S. citizen or other U.S. person defined below.
1: And then look where it says signature here. Uh, Read the wording right next to where it says signature here. Sign here.
0: Signature of US person.
1: There you go. Yeah. So now we're going to open up a new tab. Okay. And you're going to type in 26 space USC space 7701.
0: Okay.
1: I'm going to click on Cornell. And you're going to go down to definition number one and go ahead and read definition number one out loud.
0: Number one person, the term person shall be construed to mean and include an individual, a trust, a state partnership, association, company, or corporation.
1: So as, as many people have probably already heard about, um, when you are born, uh, and your long form birth certificate went to the department of health and human services, they opened up a corporation of your same name in all capital letters. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, is that that corporation of your name in all capital letters in law is a person. So now right. we're going to go back to, cause it includes the corporation, right? Yeah. Now We're going to go back to the, the W nine form. Okay. All right. I'll move that yeah, window back. Now, here we go. So now, uh, knowing that the term person could mean you as an individual or your corporation in all capital letters, are you a U.S. citizen or other U.S. person?
0: All right, repeat that question again. Let's see.
1: Now that you know that person could mean you as an individual or you as a corporation, do you have enough information given this form to make a determination that number three is in fact true in your situation. No, exactly. Because you don't know if they're asking about a, uh, U.S. person, meaning the corporation, uh, or U S citizen, meaning that you live in the district of Columbia and you've given, you've given up dominion over your life in exchange for your uh, privileges and, and rights. You don't know, you don't know the situation. Now it gets worse because when you, when you sign these forms under penalty of perjury, Perjury is up to one year in prison. It's actually a felony. Mm -hmm. So uh, without knowing anything about these forms and without having enough information to actually verify (laughs) and say that you are a U.S. citizen or other U.S. person, uh, you are essentially committing perjury because you actually aren't a U.S. citizen and you aren't a U.S. person. Your all caps corporation is a U.S. citizen your all caps corporation is a us person but you are not and that's essentially how it works right and we're going to get into how to change all that and and all that kind of stuff but let me just pull that's up cool. one let me pull up one more thing here for you uh okay. we're going to open up a new tab and you're going to type in <clears throat> uh, let me see here do, 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 Wait, do, do. okay Type in twenty six space CFR, which stands for Code of Federal Regulations. Okay. Space one dot eight seven one dash one. One dot eight seven one dash one. Okay. And then you're going to go to the first one there, right there, classification, matter of taxing. And then this is a little bit more complicated. Uh, You're going to scroll down a little bit. I'm going to go ahead and read this because we're going to skip some parts, but go up to part A. So there's two terms that they use to describe every single person in America. Okay. They basically say a resident alien and a non-resident alien. Okay. Now every single accountant and every single lawyer in all of America does not know the definition of United States or when they see the definition of United States they make some some kind of weird excuse because they're they're they can't emotionally handle the definition and they, they're they're just they like short circuit and they're they're like have an emotional reaction to it okay mm-hmm. once you once you understand the definition and you don't have an emotional reaction toward the definition now the definitions of resident alien and non-resident alien become very very simple Resident alien is someone who lives inside the District of Columbia. Non-resident alien is someone who does not live in the District of Columbia. If you want to get really, really crazy specific about it, it would actually be someone who lives in the United States, but we don't actually know where inside the District of Columbia the United States is actually located. So you wouldn't really that that's not a very easy thing to determine because if you you could be in the District of Columbia and but not know if you're in the United States or not. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I was going to ask, like, okay, so somebody who does actually live in DC, are they a different property than someone who lives in a state?
1: Yeah. Washington, DC is not part of America. Right. If you live in Washington, DC, you don't live in America. You are an American. You don't have the Constitution. You don't have the Bill of Rights. You have nothing. And we're going to get into that in a minute. Okay. I have tons of case law on that, Supreme Court uh, rulings on that, all the good stuff. Whoever, anyone listening to this, uh, who lives in Washington, DC, trust me, you're going to be packing your bags by the end of this, uh, (laughs) this this podcast. Okay. So, so, uh, resident aliens and non-resident alien. Okay. So it says here for purposes of the income tax, Alien individuals are divided generally into two classes, namely resident aliens and non-resident aliens, okay? Now, everybody on the whole country, every single accountant, every single bookkeeper, every single lawyer thinks that means the 50 states of the Republic of the United States of America. It has nothing to do with the, the states at all. It has only... It's only and exclusively involving the District of Columbia, more namely an unknown area inside of the District of Columbia. We don't know. So we just say the District of Columbia to be safe. Okay. exactly. So uh, resident alien individuals are, in general, taxable the same as citizens of the United States. That is, a resident alien is taxable on income derived from all sources, including sources without the United States. Okay. Uh, Without the United States means outside of the district of Columbia. We'll just keep it simple. Okay. Okay. So non-resident alien individuals are taxable only on certain income from sources within the United States and on the income described in section blank, 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 which when you study that, it doesn't really go anywhere. Okay. It's just kind of like a smoke screen. It's very weird. So really basically all you need to know is non-res. So, so people who do not live in the district of Columbia, Are taxable only on certain income from sources within the District of Columbia. That's what it's saying here. Okay. So go ahead and open up another tab. Okay. And then you're going to type 1040NR space. Uh, No. Okay. Uh, 1040NR and then space form. So most people are familiar with the 1040 form. This is a different kind of form called the 1040NR right down there on the IRS. You can click on that one, 1040-NR. Okay. So this is a 1040NR, U.S. non-resident alien income tax return. So this is the form that someone would use if they're making money, let's say, as a defense contractor working for the United States government and they do not live in the District of Columbia. Because non resident aliens are only uh, have a tax liability on certain income made from within um, the District of Columbia. Okay. So if you're not making money from within the District of Columbia, a non resident alien would not have a tax liability. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and go back to 26 USC 7701, where we saw the definition of person. It's one of those other tabs you had. I think it might be that one. No. Let's look at the other tab maybe that one. No, maybe that one, uh, no.
0: States. No, on. that one there. What's the right,
1: that right one. What's that one? There oh, it so is. This one. Yeah. Yeah. Here. So, Here it so is. pull that thing back into the front, go down to, uh, go down to definition 14, uh, and then you're going to read definition 14 out loud.
0: Number 14 taxpayer. The term taxpayer means any person subject to any internal revenue tax.
1: So so when they say, dear taxpayer, and they have your name in all capital letters, which is how all the IRS forms come, they're referring to the, U- the U.S. citizen, U.S. person, which is a corporation of your name in all capital letters. They are not speaking to you at all. Right. To the point where you can literally write on a, on a piece of paper or type up a piece of paper and say you know th- that person does not live here does not exist here this is mail fraud uh ad- addressee unknown and you can mail it back and the IRS will literally just take you off their lists <laughs> wow they're not talking to you they're talking to the taxpayer the taxpayer about- is the US person the US citizen okay yeah. so you're okay. actually two different entities you're actually a business owner you're a you're you're a business you're a business controller, I should say, because they created the corporation, you didn't create it, but you you control it. They let you control it. Okay. That's now crazy. we're gonna go to another tab, open up another tab. And this one you're gonna type in eight space USC space one one zero one. Okay. Click on definitions right there, and then you're going to go down to section 21, and then you're going to read section 21 out loud. Wow, there's a lot of letters. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff here. This is all involving nationality and stuff.
0: Right. 21. The term national means a person owing permanent Allegiance to a state.
1: So a U.S. citizen is someone who lives in the District of Columbia. A national is someone who's living in a state, one of the 50 states of the Republic. Okay. If you are not filed as a national, you don't live in America. If you're filed as a U.S. citizen or a U.S. person, you live in America. Okay. Okay. Or I'm sorry, right. if you're filed as a U.S. citizen or a U.S. person, you don't live in America. You live in a foreign corporation zone called United States or District of Columbia or Washington, D.C., all the different names they have for it, right? So uh, the next question is, uh, how does a person transfer from living in Washington, D.C. on paper? So the the first answer is you have to go back to your driver's license, to your voter registration, to everything under the sun, moon, and stars, and you have to rescind or or adjust all of those contracts to make sure that they all say no to U.S. citizen or U.S. person. Okay, the, so the next you, thing you
0: you have to go through each document how you filed yeah. it and write no
1: you have to go through and either either get rid of those all those contracts or you have to go through and 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 change and adjust all those contracts. For example, at the D- Department of Motor Vehicles, I went in and just did a whole new application. I told them I need to change some information and I need to change my photo and I need to change my signature and they said no problem, sit down and then I just did a whole new application from scratch. And um They sent me a whole new driver's license and everything. You don't really need a driver's license if you do all this, but I'm just giving you an example. Okay. Yeah. So now go ahead and open up a new tab. And I'm going to teach you the most important part of all this. It's 22 space CFR. All right. Space 51.3. Click on ECFR up top, the top one. Mm -hmm. I mean, actually you have Cornell too, whatever. Either one's fine. Okay. So scroll down and then uh, I'm going to go ahead and read this one. Go ahead and scroll up a little bit right there. It's perfect. So uh, 22 CFR, CFR stands for code of federal regulations. 22 CFR 51.3 is a section. It's called types of passports. It explains all the different types of passports that a person can get. And, and it, it describes each type of passport in pretty good detail, in my opinion. Right. So mm-hmm. 99.9% of everyone in America has what's called an official passport. And the reason why they have these is because they put us citizen on everything. Right. Right. So according to the government, You're telling them by no uh, duress of their hand that you you are giving up dominion over your own life in exchange for protections of your rights and privileges to the federal corporation called United States, thus saying under penalty of perjury that you physically locate yourself in the District of Columbia as well. Since you're not an American and you've told them that you're living in their foreign corporate zone, they essentially uh, look at you sort of like a, like a, like an orphaned child that they now take care of sort of. Okay. They look at you in a lot of different ways. They look at you as kind of like an orphan child. And then you're also going to see through these types of passports, how else they look at you. They look at you in a completely different way. Cause you're not an American you're in their world. Okay. Hmm. Official passport section. Number one, an officer or employee of the U.S. government. Uh, traveling abroad to carry out official duties and family members of such persons. So we have two words so far that they've used to describe uh, a, a person, right? We have the word officer and we have the word employee. Okay. Employee okay. of the federal corporation, the foreign corporate zone, right? Right. Number two, a U.S. government personal services contractor traveling abroad to carry out official duties on behalf of the U.S. government. In this one, they use a different word called contractor, personal services contractor, okay? Mm-hmm. Number three, a non-personal services contractor traveling abroad to carry out duties in support of and pursuant to a contract with the U.S. government when the contractor is unable to carry out such duties using a regular or service passport, okay? So this one's a non-personal services contractor. So they've used three words so far, officer, employee, and contractor. Okay. Now we're going to do number four, an official or employee of a state, local, tribal, or territorial government traveling abroad to carry out official duties in support of the US government. So would they've used three terms so far, official, employee, and a contractor. So you are one of those three things. I mean, technically you could be more than one of those three things. You're one or more of those three words. If you have an official passport, which everyone does literally everyone does Mm -hmm. now when you handle and you do the passport application correctly, and there's this whole massive thing you have to do all these different steps. There's a special way that you write your address, special way that you do all sorts of things you have to attach, an affidavit, which is called an explanatory statement. There's all these different steps that you have to do to get this different type of passport, but go ahead and read a section a
0: regular passport. A passport is issued
1: to a national of the United States. So that's simple. So if you have an official passport, you live in the district of Columbia and you have a tax liability and you don't have any rights as an American, if you have a regular passport, you live in one of the 50 states of the republic. They have officially classified you as such. You're you're an American. You have all of your original rights. You have the right to bear arms. You can carry whatever guns you want. You don't need any licenses. You don't need any permits. Uh, you can't be really be pulled over. You can't really get tickets. You, it's extremely hard to prosecute you because all of your rights are actually um acknowledged by the courts and the and the police and everything right okay. so so this is how you become an american people think they're they're in america they're not in america in the legal world because the legal world operates off of assumptions and 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 fictitious bullshit okay
0: right so just to go back a little bit so if we're to correct all of our documents, would there be a list or maybe you'll give one later of things we need to adjust our names in so we can dismantle from being part of the district of Columbia?
1: Yeah. So I have a free course on my website. It's called the contract killer course. People, people love that name because they, at first they think it has something to do with murder, murder for hire. I (laughs) needed that on purpose. Uh, It has to do with going through and cleaning up all of these contracts. And uh, in video number 11, you need to view all of the previous videos in order to understand video number 11. On video number 11, I teach you how to fill out the DS-11 passport application form exactly, front to back, every single box. I teach you how to get the explanatory statement, and then I teach you what to do with it and how to attach it. And I teach you even how to sign the document and the DS-11. You have to sign it in a special way. Once you learn all of that and you understand all these different definitions and you understand a few basic sections of law and how these things are structured, then at that point you will get uh, your regular passport. And then you use the regular passport as... Uh concealed carry permit. You use a regular passport as a driver's license. You use it to do literally everything in your entire life. You no longer need any licenses. You no longer need any permits to do anything. That includes sales. That includes if you wanted to be a doctor. That includes um everything under the sun, moon, and stars you can possibly think of that they would ever issue any sort of permit or license for hunting, fishing, driving a car, driving a plane, driving a train, uh uh carrying a, a large gun, a small gun, a fully automatic gun, a semi-automatic gun, you name it, you don't need it anymore.
0: Does the regular passport work through customs in another country just fine?
1: We we don't we don't know the answer to that question uh because this is all so insanely cutting edge that we we don't really know. I mean, I've had some reports, yes, I've had some reports, no. Okay. Um it, it, it in another country, you got to think that's their rules. Yeah. They're being kind by sort of, you know, like, like being willing to kind of hear your side of things and, and this and that. But really, at the end of the day, if you're in another country, like you're, you're in their world, right? There's one thing I can show you on this subject, though. Go ahead and open up a new tab and type in
0: 18.
1: Space USC space one one two. And then you're gonna go to Cornell up top. So this is a section that talks about protection of foreign officials, official guests, and internationally protected persons. So once you become a national, this is how this is these are the various terms they use to describe what you are, right? So go ahead and go down to I think section C. Uh yeah, section C, right? So these are all the different terms they use to describe a national, right? Um uh foreign government, foreign official, internationally protected person, international organization, national of the United States, and official guest. And the reason why is because when you become a national, you move back into one of the 50 states of the republic, the states themselves are not incorporated. Right. So 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 in relation to the foreign corporate zone, which is basically in law like a whole different country, essentially, you are a foreign thing, right? But what happens is the corporation basically has sworn to defend all of the people that are actually in the actual in America, right? And that's why it's called an internationally protected person. So when you travel abroad as a national, there are this section, 18 USD 112, actually shows how you're actually more protected by the government internationally as a national than you are as a US citizen, which is really, really fascinating. And there's one other section too that talks about um, uh, uh, special protections for a national involving kidnapping. There's a special section where if you're a national and you get kidnapped, uh, there's you, you actually can have access to the Secret Service, and there's actually a whole bunch of other things that you have access to, uh, additional protections as a national that a U.S. citizen does not have. So you have all the same protections that a U.S. citizen has, plus the additional protections found in 18 U.S.C. 112 and 18 U.S.C. 956. okay. So basically a national, you, you actually are, are, are even more protected and even though you're not paying any taxes. Uh, so that's, that's basically essentially how it works. And then I can, on my website, I can go into a little bit of case law involving some of this, right? Um, just a few things. This is from my state national theory page. So I have the free course I was telling you about the contract killer course. And then, but, but all of my research originally began as a text only, like basically small book essentially that I had on my website called the, the state national theory. Right. Mm-hmm. But over the, over the past year, year and a half, since I originally launched that, it's been about a year. Uh, I've expanded it and cleaned it up and expanded it and cleaned it up and expand. And now it's about the size of a full length book. Okay. So the contract killer course is based off of my theory page. Okay. So the theory page, if, if you'd rather read about all this, uh, the theory page is where you'd find all that information. If you would rather watch videos about it with me cracking jokes and saying all sorts of crazy shit and singing, then it would be the, uh, the contract killer course. Right. But here we have a bunch of, um, now we've cleaned up all these definitions. A lot of this, this case law is going to make sense to you guys. So here's one, uh, Bel- Belmont versus Town of Gulfport, right? This one says taxpayers are not state citizens.
0: Is that on here? or No, no that's on oh. my
1: website. Okay, okay. I'm just reading these for, for you guys, okay? Okay. So we've already cleared the definition of taxpayer. Taxpayer is a person who is uh, subject to any internal revenue tax. So a national is not a taxpayer, essentially, is what Belmont versus uh, Town of Gulfport is saying, right? Okay. State citizens are the only ones living under free government whose rights are incapable of impairment by regis- legislation or judicial decision. That one comes from Twinning versus New Jersey. When they say state citizens, they're talking about nationals. Just so you know. Uh, here's the next one. We have Cruden versus Neil. Uh The state citizen is immune from any and all government attacks and procedure absent contract. What that means is that if they if 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 the government still wants to offer them a contract and they want to willingly accept that contract they would still be contracting in with the government so basically how it works is once you become a national uh you still have like i said you still have to go through and clean up all your contracts and understand what you're doing because if you accidentally contract in with them even as a national you can still give them jurisdiction without knowing it okay okay um let me see here. Here's another interesting one. This is the from the Slaughterhouse Cases. This is where a lot of this information is located. Um, if you do want to find a lot of really interesting cases that really break down all of this information between uh, nationality versus citizenship, uh, you're going to look at the Slaughterhouse Cases, okay? Uh, here's a quote from the Slaughterhouse Cases. The first section of the 14th article, which means the 14th Amendment, to which our uh, attention is more specifically invited opens with a definition of citizenship, not only citizenship of the United States, but citizenship of the States. No such definition was previously found in the constitution, nor had had any attempt been made to define it by act of Congress. It is quite clear that there is a citizenship of the United States and a citizenship of a state which are distinct from each other and which depend upon different characteristics or circumstances in the individual. Okay? Yeah. Um and then the one of the most important things is so so as a US citizen you are giving up dominion over your own existence and your own property to the federal corporation in exchange for protections of your privileges and rights, okay? Now the Supreme Court has already determined what Rights you have as a U.S. citizen. And here is the quote The only absolute and unqualified right of a United States citizen is to residence within the territorial boundaries of the United States. So the only right that you have as a U.S. citizen is to locate yourself, be physically located inside the District of Columbia. And if you wanted to get really specific about it, it would be inside of an unknown location inside the District of Columbia.
0: Right. So, so these people that are there have no rights.
1: Uh, anyone who saw who signs a W nine form, tax form, anyone who put U S citizen on their passport, anyone who said U S citizen and they have a driver's license, uh, they fit this category. Okay, mm-hmm. and the driver's license is interesting, right? Now, the definition of license in law means permission to do something that would otherwise be considered illegal, okay? Now, everyone knows that as an American, you have the right to travel. As an American, you have the right to travel. As a U.S. citizen, you do not have the right to travel. Thus, you need a driver's license. The driver's license is permission to do something that otherwise would not be allowable or legal. Once you, you are a national, your passport becomes your driver's license. Your passport becomes everything. You can do fucking anything. You can go anywhere. Passport becomes uh, a skeleton key to do absolutely everything in your entire existence. Now, a lot of people don't realize this when you do the DS 11 form and you get your passport uh, you at the very top of the DS-11 form, they ask you, do you want a book? Do you want a card? Or do you want both? Right. Yeah. The card is, looks just like a driver's license. I mean, it doesn't look just like one, but it's the same size. Yeah.
0: I've always wondered about that passport card. I'm like, who does that? Yeah.
1: I have one. Everyone who's doing what we're doing here has one. Thousands and thousands and th- hundreds of thousands of people are doing this right now. The passport office is fucked. They're like... Normally five weeks out, they're like four months plus out right now. Cause this is getting really, really big. It's not just me teaching this stuff. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm probably one of the bigger names teaching all this stuff because of the way that I do it is so fucking crazy. People like it, but, um, in general there there are quite a few people that are that are teaching this right now and and people are are in a in a in a condition and in a situation right now where they they're looking for something like this that's the other part of it too right yeah so it's a combination of me being at the right place at the right time to some degree because everyone's rushing trying to trying to do all this and find all this information and i just happen to be at the front end of this thing so
0: so just to be clear the passport book or the pass, yeah, the book is the same as the regular passport. Is that correct?
1: Yes, they okay. look they look exactly the same as well. Like if okay. you were to take my uh, uh, regular passport and compare it to somebody else's official passport, you wouldn't really see any differences at all whatsoever.
0: Now, do you still use your other passport, or you d- to go international, or do you go international?
1: Yeah, if you look on the card, it says not for international travel, but only for travel within. Uh, mm-hmm. uh between between the the unincorporated 50 states of the union and the incorporated district of columbia okay okay so
0: you need your other one that says you're a us citizen in order
1: to go abroad uh no 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 no, no. you you get you get as a national you get the book and the card oh okay okay it says here on the back of my card it says valid for domestic air travel International land and sea travel between the US, Canada, Mexico, the Caribbean, and Bermuda. Not valid for international air travel. I see. So I actually can go to, uh, through land and sea, I can go to Canada, Mexico, the Caribbean, and Bermuda.
0: That's strange. Bermuda. Yeah. Interesting. That's a British colony or was technically
1: technically so is America, that's right. Yeah. But anyways, uh, so, so, so the next thing that I have to show you guys and, and, um, this is really, really important. Uh, if we go back to, uh, go back to eight USC one, one zero one, uh, the one where we saw subsection 21, the definition of national right there. So if you look at, uh, if you look at the word state, it's lowercase, right? So, so one of the things that they never teach you, it's, it's a huge secret in all this information very, very nasty secret. Uh, when you see the word state and it's capitalized like state of California, mm-hmm. what that means is it means a private for-profit corporation that is physically located in the district of Columbia and is a sub corporation of United States, which is also located in the district of Columbia. Okay. So when you see the word state and it's capitalized, they're referring to a corporation that's in DC. So when you say I live in state of California and it's capitalized, you're also stating that you live in the district of Columbia. Right. That's why in subsection 21, The word state is lowercase. The lowercase S indicates the original unincorporated actual landmass of the state itself. Yeah. So when you sign up for voter registration, they're not asking you if you live in the state of the, the California state, they're asking you if you live in the corporation called state of California. So voter registration is a really, really nasty contract because the voter registration ties you in as a US citizen. Because you're basically signing under penalty of perjury on the on the voter registration that you live in uh state of California which is physically located in the district of Columbia. That's a big part of the scam, right? Yeah. So you have to go back through and you have to clean up all your contracts wherever it says state of California that's capitalized, you have to cross that out and put non-incorporated California state or however you want to write it, but you have to write it in a different way. That way you're basically changing the contract or you just get rid of the contract. For example, for me, I just got rid of voter registration. I don't really care too much to vote for a private for profit corporation very much. I mean, there's a lot of like voting things about like, do votes count? And those, I mean, I don't even really care even if my votes do count because the thing is, is that it's a private foreign corporation that has absolutely nothing to do with the 50 states of the Republic of the United States of America. It's not even an American thing. It's basically just an abscess that's inside of our country. Okay. Yeah. The thing is, is that we don't, we, I don't even, the, 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 the only way they've gotten power and control over people who live in the States is by having them sign under penalty of perjury that they're U S citizens or U S persons and then having them sign through voter registration and other contracts that they live in state of Montana or state of California, which means that they live in the district of Columbia right now yeah. you pay state tax because you state under penalty of perjury that you live in the corporation of your state, which is located in the district of Columbia, these taxing authorities They only have jurisdiction if you say that you live in the district of Columbia. So if you say you live in state of California, now they have jurisdiction to charge whatever taxes they want, including state tax. When you say that you don't live in state of California and you're a non-resident or non-resident alien to state of California, such as myself, I don't live in state of California. I'm a non-resident alien of United States and also state of California. I don't live in United States and I don't live in state of California. I live in America and I live in California state and I'm a national as per eight USC one one zero one subsection 21. When you clarify this and you get your passport straightened out and you get your contract straightened out. Now you're an actual American. Now Americans have the right to bear what arms. Okay. Okay. Now, you got to be very, very careful because what's the term that they use in the media and everywhere else? Guns. Firearms. Oh, firearms, yeah. Mm-hmm. Firearms is a completely different word legally than arms. Well, it doesn't say the right to bear firearms. Uh huh. So they give you a license to carry a firearm, they don't give you a license to carry arms so with your passport you have the right to bear arms if they ask you do you have a firearm on you and you're carrying an uzi in your jacket what would the answer be no the answer is no i am not carrying a firearm i am carrying a arm yeah when you call it a firearm you're you're calling it their terminology under their rules a us citizen carries a firearm a national carries a arm
0: interesting that's cool i had no idea
1: so once you learn all this and once you learn all the different definitions of the words and once you learn everything, you realize that you can move back to America. You can regain all of your constitutional rights. The court systems really only have to do with United States citizens and people who physically who are physically located in the District of Columbia. All courts are, are operated as if they exist in the District of Columbia. I forget exactly which uh, – I have that on my state national resources page. If you look down there, you'll see there's a whole bunch of just random ca- uh, case law and, and and legal stuff. And one of them that's there is is basically states that all courts operate as though they're located in the District of Columbia. Okay. So so once you become a national, once you clean up all your contracts, and then once you learn how to operate the all capital letter corporation name and you take control of it and you operate it as a corporation. Now you got to think. The corporation is located in the District of Columbia, and it always will be. The corporation is a U.S. citizen by definition. The corporation is a U.S. person by definition. The corporation is a taxpayer by definition. You as a national are not a U.S. citizen, not a U.S. person, not a taxpayer by definition. You wouldn't say, I'm not paying taxes. You would say, by definition, 26 USC 7701, subsection 14. By definition, as per 26 uh, USC 7710 and the one from before 26 CFR 1.871-1, I'm not a taxpayer. By definition, there's nothing to argue about. They're telling you you aren't a taxpayer. So when they write you, when they write a letter the all capital letter name and it says dear taxpayer on it they're actually correct for their own codes. yeah they're writing to the corporation the corporation is a taxpayer as per 26 uh, USC 7701 subsection 14. Wow so so the, oh, the biggest problem and the reason why I'm explaining all this is because the solution is actually really simple quit quit responding to the corporation as though you are the corporation because you correct. most definitely are not the corporation correct there's nothing to get mad about people get so fucking mad okay when you understand these definitions and you respond accordingly the IRS will completely work with you Once you actually realize what you are, you're the agent on behalf of the principal. We can get into some other words and terms. The principal is the all capital letter name. You are the agent of the all capital letter name. You operate on behalf of the principal, right? Once you start saying these kinds of words, it's just like everywhere else. Corporations give you limited liability. All corporations, not just limited liability companies. People don't realize that. All corporations give you limited liability in commerce. So when you start writing to them and you say, I'm the agent on behalf of the principal and blah, blah, blah and you start to really understand how all this works. You get yeah. complete – so you get, you get diplomatic immunity being a national, and then you get another level of limited liability when you start operating the corporation as though it is a corporation because the corporation is the only thing that can really get in trouble. You can't because you have limited liability from the corporation. So if you pretend that your name in all capital letters is no different than your own little personal Starbucks, that's when you'll start to really understand how the whole, this whole system actually works.
0: So are there people, are there, are they trying to put a stop to any of this because more people are waking up to this, like yourself, teaching more people? Is there any resistance?
1: No, because this is... No, because this is all we're everything that we're doing is exactly and precisely as per their codes. I, I, I have a, my, my movement is completely non-combative. Well, utterly. Now the reason why that is actually, I actually have a technical reason as to why that is. And I'm trying to remember, I believe it's 18 USC 11. Yes. Yes go ahead and go into your thingy uh open up a new tab and type in 18 space USC space 11. and then just hold on for a second when you type that in because I want to look because there's two different ones kind of weird we're going to look up foreign government uh, defined
0: whoops I made a mistake 18 U.S what was USC it USC
1: 11
0: USc 11.
1: And then you're going to click on the one that says foreign government defined. There it is up top. This is super important and we're going to read this multiple times because it's 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 somewhat complicated but not like terrible. So go ahead and read that. The term foreign
0: government as used in this title except in sections 112 878 970 11 16 and 1201 Includes any government faction or body of insurgents within a country with which the United States is at peace, irrespective of recognition by the United States.
1: So we're going to break this down. I know it's a little bit, a little bit complicated, okay? So, so a okay. foreign government includes any government, faction, or body of insurgents within a country with which the United States is at peace. Now, remember, United States means the District of Columbia, okay? Right. So, so what it's saying is, is that uh, even insurgents, th- this right here, what you're reading right here, is why all the foreigners that are that are hopping the border are getting all of the, all the free shit. This is why, right? And the reason why is because any anybody, even insurgents, if they are at peace, they don't need official recognition by the District of Columbia to be classified as a foreign government. Right. So what happens is that a lot of these groups that teach what I teach or are involved in what I teach, they're extremely hostile. The problem with being hostile is you're proving to the District of Columbia that you are not at peace. Once you have proven that you are not at peace, you lose a foreign government status. No one is talking about this. Okay.
0: Yeah, I never heard of it.
1: So the reason why we are a non-combative movement, and the reason why we do not have anything, and we're not angry, and I kick crazy angry people out of our group very rapidly, and I don't want to have anything to do with it, is because once we are no longer at peace with the federal corporation, we lose the foreign government status. I see. So I am a foreign government from United States. Right. Right. I don't need any recognition. I don't need to ask them for recognition. I don't need to uh, apply to be considered a foreign government. As long as I'm at peace and I prove and I keep it proven, then I will always have and and do currently have my foreign government status. I am a foreign government. Yeah. That's good.
0: i had never heard of that.
1: So that's why you get you get diplomatic immunity. When you hear about diplomatic immunity, yeah, you're looking at it right here.
0: So what is I know we going back a ways you're talking about federal government starting with capital F. Ah, uh, yes,
1: good, good, very good, very, very clever. So when you see that the the capital S means the corporate states, the capital F means federal in between the corporate states not the non-corporate states that's why it's capitalized
0: federal government okay
1: but but it's all a big joke it's all a big scam because because all of the the corporate states are all located in the district of columbia anyway so the capital f is just a it's just more smoke it's just really just smoke and mirrors it doesn't really mean anything because lowercase federal means interstate between the non-incorporated states. Okay. Capital F means in between the corporate states, but all the corporate states are already located in the district of Columbia. So there isn't any, There, there, there is no such thing as federal when it's capitalized. It's just a word used to basically trick people into thinking something different. It, it really doesn't have any definition at all whatsoever. It's all everything is basically filed as though it's in the district of Columbia. Wow. Yeah. Now, so- every single, every single corporation in all of America. It's actually really crazy. Every single corporate. I will show you this one. Cause this one's almost too crazy to even, I have to prove it. <laughs> Let me see if I can find it rapidly. Basically every single corporation in, uh, in America uh let's see here every single corporation in America is considered a US citizen and i can prove that so uh, every
0: single capitalized name is a US citizen yes yeah okay
1: so uh every single corporation as well go ahead and go to this next section is really fast i've never done this one on a show before this is gonna be interesting okay. uh, go ahead and go to a new tab mm-hmm. and type in 14 space cfr space 47.2 47.2 and then we're gonna see if they have cornell oh yeah hit cornell right there and then scroll down just a bit. Let's see here. Right there. Let's see. Yeah, this is heavy duty. So check it out. Citizen of the United States or U.S. Citizen means one of the following. One, an individual who is a citizen of the United States or one of its possessions. Now, when it says one of its possessions, that means Puerto Rico, Guam, uh, the Virgin Islands yeah. yeah it's territories okay number 2 a partnership each of whose partners is an individual who is a citizen of the United States this one's pretty nasty for all you people out there who own businesses you don't own your business at all your business if you are uh if you are a US citizen or your partners are also US citizens the the actual corporation itself is considered a u.s citizen by definition or a citizen of the united states okay number three a corporation or association organized under the laws of the united states or a state check it out capital letter on the s you see that yep the district of columbia or a territory or possession of the united states of which the president and at least two thirds of the board of directors and other managing officers are citizens of the United States, which is under the actual control of citizens of the United States and in which at least 75% of the voting interest is owned or controlled by persons that are citizens of the United States. So if you own a company and uh, even if it's, I mean, I don't know how far this would go, this definition. I imagine even in another country, if you were uh, filed as a U.S. citizen and you had a corporation or something like that anywhere, really, and it fit this definition, uh, two-thirds of the board of directors or 75% of the voting interest, uh, the, the corporation itself would be legally classified as a citizen of the United States or U.S. citizen. Now, this is also direct proof that um, the all-capital letter name is a corporation. It's telling you right here, a corporation can be a U.S. citizen. So so this is irrefutable proof that a U.S. citizen is not just a human being. A U.S. citizen is also legal, fictitious entities such as a corporation or association or partnership. Right here, this this is... clear as day uh total evidence as to that fact right yeah so you can also read resident alien definition down below i didn't even see that um resident alien means an individual citizen of a foreign country lawfully admitted for permanent residence in the united states as an immigrant in conformity with the regulations right so when someone's becoming an immigrant and they're trying to immigrate and they, and they have a green card and they have a that of bullshit uh that's all bullshit You can actually uh, naturalize into one of the 50 states of the Republic as a national without having to go through all that bullshit. Wow. Yeah. Because keep in mind, the 50 states of the union are a different country from United States and, and legally as per the articles of confederation, uh, each state is considered its own country. Each state is considered a nation which is why it's called a national, national. That's also why it's called nationality versus citizenship. So the nation of California is actually another really cool way that I could describe the fact that I don't live in the corporation known as state of California. I live in the nation of California.
0: Yeah. So if somebody is, um, so if we're going to talk about currency, it let's, cause the currency we use is part of the federal government. I mean, it's federal reserve, not really, a, not a real federal agency anyway, but let's just say, could a nation or a national have their own currency?
1: Uh, so so currency is an entirely massively huge subject. It's one that that I'm very focused on right now. Uh it, it it's it's a much, much deeper rabbit hole than than that. Um okay. Well so, so we can get into that if you want. Uh no, so, no
0: I think it'd probably get derail what we're talking about here too much, but it, it sounds No no, I
1: can I can get into it. I can get into okay. it a little bit and then you okay. can just kind of tell me. So so basically the way that it works is a security or a bond or anything like that, right? It's, it's called an instrument. An, an instrument is basically just um, like a signed promise to pay. Like mm-hmm. any, any promise to, to pay or something like that would be considered like a security or an instrument or a bond or a, or whatever. Okay. Yeah. So if you look at a federal reserve note, if you pull one out of your wallet, Right and you look at it, it'll say federal reserve note. Okay. Yeah. You can see that up top on the front. Okay. I'm going to put mine in front of the camera here. I don't know where my, there it is. So you can see up top federal reserve note. Yeah. So uh, if you go online, uh, go ahead and open up a new tab. I'm going to see, let's see how this goes here. Go type in uh, uh, bill dash of, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, bill um, space of space exchange. Bill of exchange act. Four different words. Yeah. Type, uh, hit enter, or yeah. And then go to... uh type in type in bill of exchange Act of 1882.
0: well here it is
1: give me just one second here Bill of exchange act 1882 the one that we're looking for is legislation.gov.uk you see that
0: yep found it
1: okay good so this is, this is called the Bill of Exchange Act. This is the act that has to do with these kind of things, securities and that kind of thing, right? So go ahead and go down to the definition section, which is always the first part that we're going to, you know, you look up. You scroll down, 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 down.
0: Did I go past it?
1: That's it. Okay. Uh, go ahead and go to, let me look on my screen real quick give me one second here. Oh, there's a different one. I want to see if I can find this other one. Can I send you a link somehow in the chat maybe? Let's see. I'm going to send you a link in the chat on 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 Zoom here and then just click on that.
0: Okay. Let's see. I may have to stop screen share. Hold on.
1: No, I don't think so.
0: Um Okay. Go ahead and send me the
1: I just did. Yeah. It's in the look in the Zoom chat. Just oh, leave the right
0: there. Looking right at me. Okay.
1: Yep. Okay. Click on that. It should open. Up oh, there it goes. Perfect. That worked. There it is. Uh, go ahead and scroll down. Scroll down. Okay. okay. Um. We're gonna get into this as best I can. Go ahead and keep scrolling down. Keep scrolling down. Keep scrolling down, down, down. Stop right there. So this is the interpretation of terms, okay? Bill of exchange. You heard the word bill. People say bill, 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 right? People say yep. all these kind of words, right? They don't know what it actually means, right? So if you look at bill right there in the center, bill means bill of exchange and note means promissory note. So a a, a Federal Reserve note the word note means promissory note. Promissory okay. note means a promise to pay. So basically like a security or an instrument. Okay. So so the word instrument means basically a signed promise to pay. Now there's another word that we're going to attach to the front oh. of it. Don't, don't scroll down. It's, it kind of gets crazy. Just scroll back up for a second. Okay. So a negotiable instrument... The word negotiable means transferable. Non-negotiable means you can't really transfer it very easily. Like if it had your name on a check, that yeah. check would be non-negotiable. Uh, but if it says like uh, to whoever, anyone, that would be negotiable, right? So, Federal Reserve notes are promissory notes that are negotiable instruments, so they can be transferred around. They're basically little contracts they are little tiny contracts that state that the federal corporation owes the federal reserve $20 at some point in the future when money is reintroduced into the society. Okay. Money by definition is gold and silver coins. Right. So, so federal reserve notes are not money. They're actually securities. These are little contracts. So you could take the same piece of paper that I have in my hand, which is made only like cotton and fabric, really. It's not really paper. It's partially paper, but you could take a federal reserve note and you could, you could, you could almost clean off the front of it and just say, uh, uh, I, um, you have the signatures on here. I, Timothy Graitham, secretary of the treasury promise on behalf of the federal corporation known as United States to pay the federal reserve, $20 at some point in the future when money is reintroduced into the society. And it has another signature here. This is for the treasurer, the secretary of the treasury and the treasurer of the United States. Right? So, so what this is, this is actually a little contract. Yeah. It's a, it's a little promise to pay a note as a promissory note, which is a promise to pay. It's a promise to pay at some point in the future. Okay. So, to answer your question uh, anybody can, can create promises to pay promises to pay are essentially in this fucked up weird banker world that we live in. They're essentially considered money. They're not really money. They're considered currency, right? So for example, I own a landscaping company. When people sign up to do services with me, There's a contract that they sign promising to pay the money on the contract. The contract itself is a promissory note. That promissory note can be sent to the Federal Reserve and exchanged for Federal Reserve notes for the entire face value of the contract. I'm going to show you exactly what what section of the law teaches you how to do that go ahead and open up a new tab okay. hmm. you're going to go to 31 space cfr space 328.5 okay now, uh, did you open up a new tab on that one? Do we still have the Bill of Exchange Act Oh, up? no. I, go back. Yeah. We need to have both of them up. Okay. Let's open a, a new make tab. Make a new tab.
0: No mistakes. No mistakes.
1: There okay. Um, Shoot oh, that 31, one. 31, 31 space CFR space 328.5. Okay. Quick on that, uh, the top one, uh, Cornell. Yep. So forms of endorsement now, now you, you know, the word endorsement on the back of a check and stuff like that, right? Right. So, so endorsement, I'm going to give you guys after having cleared up probably 150 different definitions of endorsement and, and spending a lot of time trying to figure out what exactly it is. Essentially, an endorsement is basically uh, a, a commanding how something will be exchanged, right? So when you endorse the check, just with like a generalized endorsement, just open, like you just scribble something on it, it's called basically just a open or general endorsement, okay? But there's ways that you can actually do what's called a restrictive endorsement, where you can actually say very, very specific commands as to who the particular security will be uh Exchange to and how it will be exchanged. Okay. So endorsement is basically commanding, uh, how, how the instrument is going to be exchanged. Okay. So, so if you scroll up to the, to the very top of this section, we're going to clear up something else first before we continue. So we know what endorsement means now it means a command or approval for, for exchange. Okay. Okay. So basically when you're transferring something away from you, essentially you endorse it. Right. And actually the, the actual, true word that they use in banking is actually i n d o r s e m e n t not e n e n is actually something different oh weird interesting kind of weird right so yeah i n is actually the proper term uh they they use e n sometimes it means something different but anyways so go ahead and scroll down to uh a little teeny bit just right there right there Up, up a little bit up a little bit right there right there it's perfect So when presented by banks, so you have have an instrument. Let's say, for example, a contract from my landscaping company, okay? Okay. Now I want to exchange the signed promissory note that I have with my client for Federal Reserve notes, okay? So what I do is I place this particular endorsement from Section A1 on the back of a bearer security. Okay. So, so, so the contract itself is a security right now. You ask yourself, what's a bearer security. Okay. Now you have to go back to the bill of exchange act. I'm going to explain to you how that works. Let's see where are we at here. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Now, uh, so basically what happens is, is that all bills are bills of exchange. You see it right there under the interpretation of terms section. If you scroll down right in the middle there, it says bill yep. means bill of exchange. So let's say, for example, your credit card company. Your credit card company does not send you bills. Your your phone company does not send you bills. Your utility company does not send you bills. Your uh business loan companies, your mortgage company, none of these places send you bills. They actually send you bills of exchange. Now, if you take one of your bills of exchange that you have laying around your home and you look at the balance on that bill of exchange, you will see that that balance is positive, no different than your bank account. Right. Right. So you got to think to yourself, you've been given a bill of exchange that has a positive balance. Now you have to think to yourself, how did this account of which I'm using to purchase things somehow become positive and look like my bank account? The answer to that question is every time you use your credit card, you're signing a promise to pay You are actually manufacturing securities all day long. You are operating as though you are a bank because your all capital letter name is a bank. So every time you use your credit card, you are the agent on behalf of the principal, which is your all capital letter name, and you are manufacturing promissory notes by signing as the agent on behalf of the principal. I know this is a bit complicated, but I think most people on these kind of shows are pretty intelligent. So I'm going to assume everyone's track with me right now. I'm going to go over it one more time though. A promissory note is a security or an instrument, however you want to call it. No different than a federal reserve. note. when you promise to pay something, It's just as valid in law as when the federal corporation promises to pay the Federal Reserve and it's a Federal Reserve note. It's the same thing. You can call it a Brandon Williams note. Every time I sign to use my credit card, I am creating Brandon Joe Williams notes because I am the agent on behalf of the principal, which is all capital letter names, Brandon Joe Williams, I am creating a promissory note via the bank, basically, which is my old cap's name, which is operating as a bank, okay? Those securities are now being deposited into your credit account as a positive value. And then they're sending you a bill of exchange statement at the end of the month showing you how many securities that you've deposited into the account. They're saying, here's a bill of exchange that has a a summary of all the different deposits that you've made throughout the month. What do you want us to do with it? That's what a bill actually is. Now, as per the bill of exchange act, The very first section on the interpretation of terms says acceptance. Acceptance means an acceptance completed by delivery or notification. In order for you to actually verify and confirm that you have received the bill of exchange, the first thing you have to do is accept it. Mm -hmm. Once you accept it, you can take Action. Action is a counterclaim and set off. Set off literally means to discharge just yeah. to like poof gone. Right. Once you accept it, you now become the holder. If you look at the definition of holder holder means the payee or indorsee of a bill or note who is in possession of it or the bearer thereof. Right. Yeah. Once you accept it, you become the possessor. You now possess it, right? Now look at the way they spell endorsement here I N. See it? Uh-huh. I N. Yeah. O R S E M E N T. Endorsement means an endorsement completed by delivery, right? So now that you're the holder and you want to transfer that bill of exchange, you're going to endorse the bill of exchange. To prepare it for exchange. So the endorsement is what creates the exchange. Okay. Now, once you, once you accept it and you become the holder, and then now you're going to exchange it back, it becomes the bearer. You see the word bearer there. Bearer means the person in possession of a bill or note, which is payable to bearer. Yeah. Yeah. So you literally write on the motherfucking bill of exchange payable to bearer. Now, yeah. once you do that, it becomes a bearer security. I know this is pretty complicated, uh, but, but let's just leave it at that for right now. Now go back to 31 CFR uh, 328.5. The one on the right there, the one we, all the way on the right. All the way on the right.
0: Uh, oh, whoops. All the way on the right, right there.
1: Yep. Now, now that we know that a bill of exchange, once accepted and then once endorsed to be pushed back out and exchanged out or, or returned, becomes a bearer security. Now we understand what they're talking about here, right? For payment yeah. or exchange, the endorsement placed on a bearer security. Presented for payment or exchange by a bank should be in the following form. So just like you endorse the back of your checks, you would write this exact thing on the back of the bearer security. You would write for presentation to the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco, comma, fiscal agent of the United States, comma, for redemption or in exchange for securities of a new issue, comma, in accordance with written instructions submitted by Brandon Joe Williams in all capital letters. The corporation. The corporation. Yeah. When you do that, you're requesting to exchange the bearer security at face value for Federal Reserve notes. Now, this gets a lot more interesting. Let's open up a new tab. Okay. Type in Federal Reserve Act. Yep. And then you're going to click right there at the top one, federalreserve.gov. And you're going to go to Section 16. Go ahead and scroll down. Section 16. Note issues. Yep. Okay. Scroll down just a little bit. Right there is good. So here we go. Application for notes by Federal Reserve Bank. Any Federal Reserve Bank may make application to the local Federal Reserve agent for such amount of the Federal Reserve notes herein uh, before provided for as it may require. Such application... Shall be accompanied with a tender to the local Federal Reserve agent of collateral in in amount equal to the sum of the Federal Reserve notes thus applied for. Okay. Now, what it's saying there is the bearer security that you're sending them is the collateral that is an equal amount of value to how many Federal Reserve notes that you're requesting. So if I have a signed promise to pay with my client that says they want to do all this work on their on their landscaping and they're going to pay $38,132, I'm applying to exchange that bearer security for $38,142 in Federal Reserve notes. My original bearer security becomes the collateral, okay? Mm-hmm. It says here the collateral security thus offered shall be notes, drafts, bills of exchange or acceptances, okay? So it's saying if you want to send us notes or drafts or bills of exchange, we'll be more than happy to use that as the collateral to tra- to to exchange that particular promissory note for Federal Reserve notes, okay? Now it says here um if you look at that fir- that second second sentence such application shall be accompanied with a tender. Uh, And basically what it's saying here is that there is no such thing as approval or denial. Every time you apply for federal reserve notes and you give them some kind of bearer security, they always approve you. So it's no different than when you do an application for credit or an application for a car, the application itself is the bearer security. The bank is giving the bearer security to the federal reserve exchanging that bearer security. It's a promise to pay for federal reserve notes. The bank is getting federal reserve notes back from the federal reserve and then turning around and telling you, Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Williams but your credit score isn't high enough, your loan has not been approved. The banks always, 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 always get the full amount of the federal reserve notes of any application for credit you have ever submitted in your entire life, whether it's for a business loan whether it's for a car, whether it's for a motorcycle, whether it's for a personal loan, a health loan, care credit, doesn't matter. Every single application you have ever submitted, that application itself physically was a bearer security. Interesting the bank or financial institution wrote an endorsement on the back of the bearer security to exchange that bearer security for federal reserve notes. And that application was always, 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 always approved. The bank got the federal reserve notes turned around and then told you whatever bullshit reason why they couldn't give you the federal reserve notes that you had originally applied for and gotten. Wow.
0: And this
1: is, this is how the scam works. This, this is a scam. The whole scam. It
0: is a scam. Yeah. Wow. So what
1: happens is you can promise to pay anything you want. <clears throat> and every time you promise to pay in this fucked up world we're living in, essentially you're creating currency, right? True money is gold and silver coins only. Right in this fucked up fictitious legal world that we're living in with the federal reserve, essentially money is basically promissory notes. Yeah. So to go back to your original comment or question, the answer is yes. Anytime you promise to pay anything, you're manufacturing currency and you can promise to pay as much as you want, as many times as you want. And you're creating currency every single time this is what causes the currency of america to expand because every time someone fills out an application and turns it in the application itself is exchanged for federal reserve notes the federal reserve notes are printed and exchanged for the bear security as per 31 cfr 328.5 subsection 1a
0: wow what a what a scam but we can use it for our advantage
1: So to use it to your advantage, you're going to go down on this same page, the Federal Reserve Act, to section 29. Um, Section 29 is the the penalty section. There's a lot of things in the U S code about all this too. Uh, there's a lot of penalties. Uh, I have it all on my website in my state national resources section. There's all sorts of massive, massive penalties for, uh, uh stealing negotiable instruments, uh, creating negotiable instruments under false pretenses. There's all these different sections in the United States code that you can use to nail someone with just ungodly levels of, of fines and, and jail time. It's a massive criminal penalties, right? But even above and beyond that, We have the Federal Reserve Act subsection 29 or section 29. This is a multi-tiered system. Where whenever they fuck around with this or cause misconduct or or do anything weird or if you scroll down and we start getting into uh, a breach of fiduciary duties, you start seeing that right there uh, on on C third tier number one subsection C. You see breaches any fiduciary duty. Fiduciary means like trustee, someone who's responsible for your well-being, that kind of thing, right? So 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 this section basically goes into that at the third tier when these banks are fucking around and not giving you the money that you applied for, uh, the penalty for that is a $1 million per day penalty. The problem is, is that no one is using any of this information. So they run around and do whatever they want because no one's, no one's actually slapping them with these big fines. Okay. Okay. Now, a lot of people think that the million dollars a day, does it go to me? I could use a million dollars a day. No, it doesn't. It goes to the treasury. If you scroll down a little bit farther, you will see um, that uh, there it is assessment. Any penalty imposed under subsection A, B, or C shall be assessed and collected by um, the Comptroller of the currency for a national bank and a state member bank is uh, collected by the board. And then I believe if you go below that, it says that it'll be, yeah, go down to disbursement subsection G all penalties collected under authority of this uh, paragraph shall be deposited into the treasury. Yep. Now it's okay. It's okay. I mean, you know, uh, you're not going to get the million dollars per day, but what you are going to get is you're going to get your motherfucking loan approved. So let's say you want uh, a Rolls Royce phantom brand new Rolls Royce phantom. If you go in and you submit an application, they're going to say, go fuck yourself. You can start a legal process and you can actually sue them under the Federal Reserve Act, section 29. And, and you can sue them for these three tiers. And what happens is they get freaked out because now they're, they're getting charged a million dollars a day. And then at that point, they'll acquiesce and they'll say, okay, 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 fine. And they'll give you your brand new Rolls-Royce Phantom. With no money down, you don't make any payments, nothing. They'll just give it to you. Wow. You have to you have to twist their arm. I mean, this is like you know, this is uh this is stuff in court. This is a whole process, yeah. Yeah. You're build you're you're essentially building up a whole case and you're going to pressure them into doing what they have to do. But when you do it that way and you move down that road if you applied for a, a, a $900 million business loan, eventually as once they acquiesced, they would give you $900 million. It's
0: good to know all this. It's good to know all the ins and outs. Cause I I've learned everything today. Nothing. I've, there's nothing that I knew before I started talking to you. So it's pretty, pretty awesome to be able to find out all this new information. Um, so, no. so,
1: so when you're, so if you look at article one, section 10 of the constitution, it says that no state shall make any, um, anything money basically besides you know, gold and silver coins. So the way it, what it actually works is we have two different countries. We have the original Republic, uh, the individual 50 nations yeah. of the United States of America in that world money is gold and silver coins. It still is even to this day. Yeah. And we have the fictitious corporate, like, like Alice in Wonderland world, which is like a whole nother world or country in that world. Promissory notes are essentially money, but in order to operate in that fictitious world, There has to be a corporation. That world is only composed of corporations. That world is not composed of of human beings or or bodies. The only body is literally called uh, like a legal body or a fictitious body. They actually use the word body, right? Yeah. So a corporation is the only way that you can exist or operate in the fictitious legal corporate world in the living world. You're in one of the 50 independent nations of America. Okay. That's why you're the agent on behalf of the principal. And that's why every single thing you do in the fictitious corporate world has to be done through the all caps corporation. The all caps corporation is your portal between the living world and the corporate world.
0: Yes. Now, to wrap this up a bit, um, I have a pretty large international audience. Now, let's say somebody is listening from Australia or Canada or some of these places that are still having part of the Commonwealth. Are there ways that they can unhinge themselves from the control of the crown or is this strictly kind of your, your, I'm sure I know your, your main work is in the United States, but have you looked into that at all?
1: Uh, I've looked into what some, some, yeah. Uh, uh, a lot of, a lot of what we're doing is, is called, you know, common law. Common law is, the actual 50 nations of America operate under common law, essentially, and then corporate law operates in the corporate world. Okay. So it's the same thing, as far as I know, in Australia and in the UK, because the the UK is essentially like the corporate world center of the universe.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh the the District of Columbia is essentially a sub sector, uh, there's a section of London, which is incorporated in the same style as the city of
0: London, the city of London, the city
1: of London is, is the, is the, 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 the primary corporate world. And the district of Columbia is a sub corporate world underneath that corporate world. Right. So you have the UK and then you have the corporate little thing in the middle. It's the same thing with America. And then it has its little corporate thing in the middle, right? Yep. So the three, the corporate triangle is essentially the incorporated section of London, the District of Columbia and Vatican City that is the, the, I guess you could say the unholy Trinity. I I don't know. I I don't know a whole lot about Vatican city. I don't know if it's like Vatican city is like, has two parts to it. One part's incorporated. One part's not, I, I don't, I just don't know. Like a lot of people, Oh, Vatican city. Oh, it's all evil. blah blah. blah. I don't know about all that. I don't know. I I try to stay away from jumping to conclusions and stuff. I, I try to just, you know, Vatican City either is incorporated or is partially incorporated or or something about it is tied into this whole system whether it's good bad whether it's you know whether the popes I, I just don't know I I I'm not I'm not going to jump to any sort of like yeah. thing and say all this well this uh, you know people Oh, you know that you know I don't know I have no idea all I know is you know, it it is what it is. And, uh, we, we, we have the corporate world. The corporate world has been overextended to a vast degree. Uh, the corporate world is weird because the corporate world, once you become a national and once you learn how to operate and once you learn how to operate the federal reserve act and once you learn these various laws and stuff, the corporation of the United States wants to pay all your bills it wants to issue you as much credit as you want. It wants to, it wants to give you infinite money. It wants to protect you internationally. It wants to uh give you court systems that you can use to, to settle disputes. It wants to do all this stuff. All this great stuff. It's actually great. But it it's fallen into this really dark, weird thing where now it's being used as this like giant system of trickery and definitions. Absolutely. And now it's turned into this sort of slave system through ignorance and through the definitions of very, very carefully, uh, very, very, uh, uh, uh the, the the words are basically where you where you see and you go, oh, this is evil There's something evil about the fact that they're creating United States and it's a corporation and it's located in the District of Columbia and now they have United States citizen and it's like th- they don't tell anybody any if anybody knew any of this shit, no one would be putting yes for you know, for U.S. citizen, right? And they know that, and that's the part where it's it's dark. That's the dark part of it. Um. So uh so so yeah that's this is uh this is kind of a really general overview of of a lot of the information here um and 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 the the most important aspects are cleaning up your contracts getting your passport straightened out and then learning how to operate your all caps name as a business and you're the agent on behalf of the principal the all caps name corporation is the principal same thing with your uh, credit card Uh, card member agreements. If you look inside the card member agreement, they're going to use the word principal. You are the agent on behalf of the principal. They're sending, they're sending a bill of exchange to the principal and you are the agent on behalf of the principal. You're the one who is accepting it on behalf of the principal, converting it into a bearer security on behalf of the principal, and then sending it back to discharge the account on behalf of the principal. When you do that, all your debts just vanish. You can do it with anything. You can do it with IRS bills. The IRS is actually that you just want to do this with. You can do it with IRS bills. You can do it with um credit cards. That's the hardest one to do it with. Uh credit cards will discharge and then they'll close the accounts. So Uh, we're learning how to strong arm them into keeping the accounts open so we can continue to discharge month after month after month. That's actually where a lot of the research is literally right now. As we speak, Uh, you can do it with uh, your mortgage. That's easy. I mean, they're going to put up a little bit of a fight for something like a mortgage, but it's easy to do. You can do it with uh, any debt collections, debt, uh, city debt, state, debt, debt, that, that some payroll organization, like in, for example, the employment development department in California, you can do it with them. You can do it with anyone. And the reason why I will show you why go ahead and open up a new tab. And then you're going to type in uh, UCC space three dash six zero three. Okay. And then you're going to go right there. Yep. To Cornell. (laughs) This one. Yep. Okay. Uh, so if tender of payment of an obligation to pay an instrument is made to a person entitled to enforce the instrument and the tender is refused. So what that means is if you send in a, a, a negotiable instrument or a bill of exchange, or anything else, or a bearer security, and the, the bill of exchange or the promissory note is refused, there is discharge to the extent of the amount of the tender of the obligation of an endorser. Okay? So, so you're the endorser because you're endorsing it to transfer it or exchange it back to the principle essentially, right? A little bit complicated, but anyways, once you send in these promissory notes, you got to think too, is that a federal reserve note is a promissory note. So you, you don't need to ask them, do you accept promissory notes? If they've ever accepted a federal reserve note from you, the answer to that question is yes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So all you're doing is you're sending in another type of instrument. They cannot specify one instrument over another. If You send in any instrument at all whatsoever by law they have to accept it. If they try to refuse it, it discharges the account anyways. So it doesn't really matter if they if they if they refuse it, it's still going to discharge the account either way. That's why they use the word discharge because it's a positive balance. Yeah. When you use the card, you use it to charge I'm I'll just charge it you use that terminology in your life. Charge is like a battery. You're adding you're adding electrical energy into a battery when you charge your phone, you're getting a positive percentage of your battery is being filled. When you charge your account, you're adding positive value to the account. The statement at the end of the month Is a statement of the amount of charges. Now, the name of the game is you've charged up this account. As per the rules of accounting, we have to get this charged up account down to a zero. The name of the game in accounting is to get the account to a zero. That's, I don't even know like why the game is like this. This is just like, it's like anything else. Someone just manufactured this game called finance and they said, Hey, let's play a game where if it goes below zero, we have to get it up to zero. And if it goes above zero, we have to get it down to zero. That's the whole game of accounting in this fucking fucked up world. Right? So if you charge an account up to a positive balance of $14,000, you dis charge the account to play the game, to bring it back down to zero. Yeah. That's all you're doing. That's the entire game. I just explained the entire game in a nutshell. You charge the you charge the, the account up by depositing negotiable instruments and creating promises to pay. And then you discharge the account by, by taking the bill of exchange, accepting it, transferring it back, becoming the bearer transferring it into a bearer security and then transferring that bear bear security back to the account to, to, to discharge the account down to zero. That's it. That's the whole game. That is all everything that we're doing in our world. And our existence has just been explained in, it's on this a podcast. Funny game. It's just a funny game. It's just a <laughs> fucked up, weird, funny game. And you, what's happening is, is they're sending you a bill of exchange and you're mailing them back or sending them back promissory notes. So they're saying, Hey, we have this positive balance from all these other promissory notes that you've already given us all month. What do you want us to do with it? And what are you doing? You're sending them promissory notes, a different type of promissory note that has absolutely nothing to do with anything. What they're doing is they're accepting the promissory notes that you're sending them as a donation Because you're failing to perform, as per the Bill of Exchange Act, as the agent on behalf of the principal. So they take an abandoned bearer security. They they endorse the abandoned bearer security. They send the abandoned bearer security into the Federal Reserve to exchange that, plus they accept your Federal Reserve notes. Yeah. Wow. And in, in, in in a court of law, they put up their hands and they say, Hey, we sent the guy, the fucking bill of exchange. He's the one who failed to perform. And guess who's right? They are. It's a big scam. Every single time you pay your bills with federal reserve notes, you are failing to perform. And actually it gets worse because technically speaking, it's actually a felony. Because whenever you fail to perform, you're failing your fiduciary duty that you have as the agent on behalf of the principal. So every single time you pay a bill with federal reserve notes, you're actually basically committing trust fraud because you're, 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 you're basically, it's just like in uh, we saw in the federal reserve act section 29 breach of fiduciary duties. You're yeah. breaching the fiduciary duties that you have mm-hmm. as the agent on behalf of the principal. Every single time you fail to perform, performance is defined as accepting and, and, and converting the bill of exchange to a bearer security and then sending it back to discharge the account on, as, to benefit the principal. You're benefiting the principal by performing. All your bills are already paid. All you have to do is perform you're failing to perform and committing felonies constantly. You're, you're committing felonies. Uh, uh, 18 USC, nine, one, one, go ahead and go to another tab, go to 18 USC, nine, one, one, 18 space USC, USC. space, nine, one, one. I always remember this one. Cause it's like, it's like dialing on a phone, right? Nine, one, one. So every time you say that you're a a U.S. citizen, go ahead and go to uh, the top one, Cornell. Every time you say you're you're a U.S. citizen, you're guilty of this felony right here. Whoever falsely and willfully represents himself to be a citizen of the United States shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than three years. Wow! So first off, you're a felon because you're te- you're saying that you're a U.S. citizen when you most definitely are not. Your all caps named corporation is a U.S. citizen. You are not. You are a national. You you just need to clean it up. Uh, you're operating as one person and you're actually two persons in law. Okay, that's the first thing. So right there, everyone listening to this is probably a felon. Second thing is, is that every single time you pay one of your bills, the Federal Reserve notes, you're committing a felony because you're you're failing to perform your fiduciary duties as the agent on behalf of the principal. That's wild. The wow. way the government views you is they view you as a, a completely autistic full-blown retarded criminal child. Yeah.
0: I knew they didn't like us.
1: This is why this is why they'll never explain any of this to anybody, but this is exactly why they think that way. They think that way because they're like, you're, you're stating this thing. You're a felon. You're an idiot. You're, you're not, you're not grabbing onto and, and utilizing any of your rights. You're paying bills of exchange with Federal Reserve notes. You're, you're, you're basically like a blubbering, complete retard. that can't do anything right. Like, like, and like, you're just a complete piece of shit, basically. <laughs> committing yeah. felonies constantly, 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 constantly committing felonies.
0: It's crazy. I mean, do many lawyers know this? Are they no. up on this? No. N- wow. None of them
1: do. Nobody uh, knows any of this information. Jeez. The only Brand. people who know any of this information whatsoever are like ultra mega criminals that convert all their status over to national and they clean all this up. That way they can just do all the crazy illegal shit that they want without really being able to get prosecuted. That's sadly up until recently, most of the people who have been involved in what we're talking about. Wow. And occasionally someone will crack the money thing and then they'll, they'll, they won't tell anybody because they're scared that the money thing will fuck up their ability to have essentially infinite credit, which that's that's what this is, infinite credit.
0: So we need to clean up our contracts and that's what we need to do. Starting out is clean up our contracts and become a national, not a U.S. citizen.
1: Well, the biggest thing is, is that you need, you need to learn and operate as though you are two different Persons, mm-hmm. and you need to learn how to take control of your corporation uh, and use it to your advantage to operate in the corporate world with limited liability.
0: And you, and they don't mess with you at all when you do what you do. Because this is the game. This is the game, and you know how to play it.
1: This is the game.
0: Yeah.
1: Wow. You either know how to play the game, or you don't. <laughs> Well,
0: Brandon, this is pretty, pretty uh, mind-blowing because there's so much that most of us don't know, and it's we need to take advantage of who we are in this crazy game.
1: Well, so, the reason why I, I, I do what I do is because, look, the government wants to pay all your bills. The government wants to give you infinite credit. The government wants to buy you mansions and Lamborghinis and everything else. The government doesn't want to have anything to do with pulling you over and giving you tickets or putting you in jail or anything else. Uh, When you understand this information and you operate using this information, the only jurisdictional element that they have to do any of those things is the all caps name corporation, but you have limited liability from that all caps name corporation. They can't touch you. They won't touch you. They'll only touch you if you say that you are the corporation because once you are the corporation? They now have jurisdiction over you, and they know it.
0: Yeah, that's how it is.
1: Wow. Well, there's, Brandon, nothing, there's nothing to be angry about. Like, no. well, that's the thing. Like, when you really start to get how all this works, there's nothing to be angry about. They want to pay for everything. They want to buy you Lambos and, and mansions and planes, and and they want to protect you internationally, anywhere you go. They want to they want to protect you, and. Because you don't understand any of this and because you don't operate using any of this information and because you don't take the time to understand the way the game is played, they, they get a little pissed off a, a lot, pissed off. And they think that you're the biggest piece of shit in the world because they've set all this up for you and you're not, you're not, you're not, you're just an idiot and you're not, and you're just angry at them because you don't understand. And, and it, that, that's what creates the contention.
0: Yeah. Sounds like our, our leaders, they, they act like we're supposed to know this stuff, but they don't tell us.
1: Well, they don't know a lot of this stuff either. Yeah. So the bottom line is, is that if you want to be a foreign government, you have to be at peace. Actions speak louder than words. If you want to be at peace, be at peace. Once you're at peace and once you set yourself up, you're a foreign government. If you are not at peace and you prove by your actions that you are not at peace, you lose the foreign government status. You are no longer a foreign government. You do not need to be officially recognized by the federal corporation in order to be classified as a foreign government. You simply need to be at peace. It's that simple. So, so, so number one, start learning to operate as though you're a business owner. You have a corporation. Now the corporation gives you limited liability. You're the agent on behalf of the principal. Yes. Number two, you are a national and you are a non-resident alien and you live without the United States the all caps corporation is a US citizen lives within the United States okay you're operating that corporation like a portal into the corporate world that's number 2 number 3 is actions speak louder than words if you're a peace you're a foreign government if you are not a peace you are not a foreign government that's it that's the that's the fast track to start getting started with all this. I have a free course. It's called the contract killer course. It's uh 39 days of videos. You can go ahead and go onto a new tab and you can type in my website. My website is totally fucking insane. So I'm just warning anyone who's listening to this podcast. I'm usually pretty tame on these uh on these shows, but uh the website is just totally batshit crazy. It's dot one stupid fuck dot com.
0: <laughs> Here we go. It's going and uh, maybe I have too many tabs open or something,
1: yeah, maybe something like that. It's uh, okay. Uh, So here's my website. There's my logo. Everything else. Okay. Now on the on the left-hand side of the screen, we have a step-by-step guide. That's for people who are just starting out. Um, I wrote a whole, so many people were confused. Where do I start? Where do I start? So we have a step-by-step guide. There's a lot of good info there. I have a bio. There's a couple of books that I've written that have absolutely nothing to do with any of this information at all whatsoever. If you want to check those out, I have those there. Then I have the state national theory page. The state national theory page is basically all this information from the course and everything else in text form, like a book. There's a pop-up. It's really funny. Uh, the The website is just totally crazy. Uh, you know, my bio section has me with two girls, and I'm in a, a Borat mankini. Uh That's yep. where the that's where the whole logo came from and everything else i have a fan art and submissions page with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of submissions of people sending me funny things or successes or whatever i have a podcast section as all my podcasts such as this one is going to go on the podcast page as soon as you launch it um and then we have the free contract killer course page on the left hand side uh you know a lot of that's what you need to worry about and then some of the other stuff like the dictionary and the resources sections; those can come later after you've taken a lot of time to really understand all this stuff, and maybe even taken some action. There's a lot of additional resources for people who are getting rolling into all this, as well as a dictionary. Basically, the dictionary is uh, I found about 50 really, really key words that are basically like the the, the entire like uh, uh, main main structure of the entire body of law that makes us into uh, slaves. And I basically redefined every single one of these like fifty key terms and and basically turned it into an affidavit novation. Novation is a change in a contract, and you can actually download it and you can alter it to, to say what you want it to say. And then you can actually mail it into the government and it literally reprograms the actual matrix itself. Crazy. Wow. And well, I have good. Facebook. Facebook is where I do a lot of my day to day stuff because it's more of a text based uh social media platform. So Facebook is where a lot of my a lot of my day to day type stuff is. And then I have an Instagram, which I use like kind of somewhat. And then LinkedIn I don't really use uh mainly Facebook because a lot of what I do is text based. Yeah. So that's me.
0: Wow. Brandon, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Yeah, mean, you've, you've showed it, shown us, and there's a lot of stuff for I'll probably have to re-listen to this myself just because there's a lot a lot to take in, but I believe it'll all make a lot of sense and and uh, I I, I go a little
1: go. I go pretty hard on these shows. Uh, I'm getting more and more and more hardcore, and the reason why is because the, the people on these shows are generally quite a bit higher than your typical intelligence level.
0: Yes, yeah, a lot of my listeners and stuff we're, we we're getting we're trying to refigure out this world, you know, and, yeah, and that takes intelligence. It's not just, you know, because you have to be willing to get, go outside of what people normally think. So people are already here for that, so if they want to <laughs> take it a notch further, this kind of stuff.
1: Great. And just to be clear, my free course is quite a bit of a lower gear. Than what we've gone into this podcast. If, if this, if this show is like quite a bit above your head, the course is, is quite a bit, I would say like the, this, this podcast is probably three or four X the speed and intensity of what the course is. The course is quite a bit of a lower gear. So If you're if you're feeling like this 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 podcast was a bit over your head, the course is going to be perfect because it's it's not going to be. You know, I'm starting to kind of test the waters on some of the newer shows that I'm doing right now, and to see how hard and how fast I can push this information without it kind of exploding in my face. Uh, So I am starting to do a lot of that. The course is. I mean, you could take someone who literally doesn't know a damn thing about any of this stuff, doesn't even watch or listen to any of these kind of shows, and they'll be just fine.
0: Okay. Well, good. Well, Brandon, I have to wrap this up, but I appreciate everything you've been doing. It's great. Um, This will help a lot of people. And I'm sure even if some of you are intimidated out there, just take the... Take it step by step or like you say, go to your website, do the free course. Yeah. Start simple. I'll probably have to do the same, but there's a lot in there and it's, I never knew this stuff. So.
1: The course is 39 days. It's one video per day for 39 days. It's about on average, about 40 minutes per video. And it's just, it's a lot more slow. It's a lot like me cracking jokes and telling stories. And I show you a lot of definitions live from black Slaw dictionary. And it's like, it's, it's a lot slower paced. Let's just put it that way.
0: Yeah. Well, that might be good for some people, and some people might up, be up to speed with what we talked about. But whatever oh, speed someone is at, check it out. I pre- I I think it's definitely, for sure, something to get into because we don't want to keep being slaves and being ignorant. By us being ignorant, we are slaves to this crazy game they have us playing. Totally. So, Brandon, well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And, Brandon, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. Well, I hope that worked for you as a reference to go back to, and if you made it through, then maybe you can go through all your contracts, and if you're United States, if you're in the United States, you can start untangling yourself from more of the tentacles of the system. It never hurts. Um, So try to do that. Let me know how it works. I'll do it eventually, too. And uh, write me at peoplebeyondthis at gmail.com. See what you think. See how it works for you. Um, I always just want to say we need to bring it back to the biggest picture. And whatever you are, if you you are a citizen of the United States or a resident of the 50 states, you're still a slave. And we have to remember that government equals slavery and as long as you're under any of these things, you're still a slave and they can still do whatever they feel like they want with you, even though you are a free person. And so we have to always go to the biggest picture and chant down government itself. Even if it, we can be in a better position under government, government needs to be no longer in our hearts and minds so we can understand what it is to be truly free. So I always like to bring it back to the big picture No matter what information that I bring on this show, that we need to know that we are free, sovereign beings that are free to walk this planet and not have rules and laws and kingship and all that uh, binding us that are not in concordance with natural law. You know, to understand true freedom. So all that has to be understood as well. But you might as well try to untangle yourself from this crazy web of legalese that they're trying to put on us. Well, anyway, next episodes, I'll be putting out all kinds of different great information for you that you will enjoy. Please help support the show. Five-star reviews. Um, You know, if you can support financially, go ahead and subscribe to Afterthoughts. Buy an album, donate on the website, it all helps on this one man show. Much love, Chant It Down, we'll be back with more episodes soon. Chant It Down Radio is coming to you live from the Hawaiian Islands, coming from the perspective of complete freedom, coming from wisdom outside the system and then some. This is the mouthpiece of the natural earth forgotten. At this point in time, humanity's been kept from the truth, so Channel It Down Radio offers the coordinates to a path out. You're searching for something whole Cause what you see, real life You're watching this world unfold The truth beneath the lies Rekindling what's been stole, the need to free one's mind, uncover the truth exposed, so people see the light. Let's chant it down so we can know. It's simple, we just break it down a little bit so we can process all. Make the switch elevate yourself to conscious mode, and it's beneficial so we can get this concept rolling. Get the future gender, we just wanna stop the whole thing. But the message is ready, we can start a post, Taking and assimilating, getting lots of numbers, waking up the poppers who just try to stop hypnosis. Sure. Ch-